What's up, everyone? Welcome to my corner of the internet. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is Crossover Commerce, presented by Ping Pong Payments, the leading global payments provider helping sellers keep more of their hard-earned money. Each episode on here will feature leaders in the digital space to help entrepreneurs grow their knowledge and understanding of the Amazon and e-commerce world. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ryan Kramer. I am the affiliate marketing manager for Ping Pong Payments, and this is Crossover Commerce. Uh, Thanks for joining me today on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook Live, as well as uh, any other social channel you could be uh, watching us on. Uh, I'm joined today by a very special guest, Augustus Cleguis from Orange Click, and I'm going to bring him in right now. Augustus, thanks for joining us today. Hello, it's a pleasure. Nice to see you here, Ryan. Yeah. uh, and Augustus, uh, for those of you who uh, don't know a little bit about you, your personal background, what Orange Click is, I know uh, this this whole segment about going live is about events in the European market. So why, why are you the person I'm talking to? I know we've talked a couple times before. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, let us know who you are, kind of your personal background, how you got to this space, and who Orange Click is. Yeah, so I'm from a small country in Eastern Europe, uh, Lithuania, and I used to be a digital nomad many years ago before this term was uh, invented. And then, uh, so basically I did website programming for many years. And four years ago, I decided to do a virtual summit for Amazon sellers. And this is how I got um, kind of known with my events. I did... uh, first virtual summit, which was very successful for years ago. And then I continued producing virtual summits. I did six in total. And then I switched to uh, creating live events, uh, in-person events uh, in Europe, in uh, different European countries. And in the same time, uh, we are doing content on our YouTube channel of Orange Click. So... Overall, I would say Orange Click is an event producer and facilitator and uh, kind of we are bringing expertise from uh, experts, the knowledge from experts to the uh, to the Amazon seller community. So I am not a seller myself. I never sold on Amazon. So I never <laughs> yeah, teach Amazon. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think, I think that speaks something to that we were talking about when I was actually on... Uh, your YouTube channel, which is fantastic. It's got so many different followers, which you've grown, uh, what, in the past four or five years that you've been doing this? Uh, YouTube channel was growing in the last maybe two and a half years. Now we have over 5,000 subscribers, yeah. Right, and that's from people all around the world, right? That's just not specific, like demographic or country. Um, It's not, we're not targeting specifically some country, but uh, I would say maybe... uh, big part of followers are North Americans and the same part are from Europe and then small part are from the rest of the world. So maybe because I'm European, so I'm attracting also European people. Uh, and uh, we also try to pinpoint European experts because in North America, it's quite easy to uh, find uh, experts for Amazon, you know, which can share something about Amazon. But in Europe, we have different uh, cultures and languages around the different countries and communities. And uh, at the end, uh, yeah, it's quite difficult to dig these talents in Europe, but uh, this is what we're also trying to do. And we're doing well before all this today's situation we were doing in-person events and I was very excited. We wanted to do six or seven or eight 
conferences across different European countries this year, but uh, we just did one in Prague in March, and two months ago we did virtual summit as well. Right, and uh, I, I think like the infamous, like everyone I talk to in the space is like, yeah, we were in Prague, and all of a sudden we were hearing just more and more and more about uh, <laughs> about COVID and how it was spreading across Europe. And so, what what, what is something like that? Do you say you you plan all these events, about six or seven events that you're you're hoping that are going to be going on, and all of a sudden something out of out of blue. I, I wouldn't say out of the blue. Something that's unexpected, I would say, comes along and it you know, changes the way how we meet in person, you know, what, what, what's kind of like the mentality of people in the Amazon and e-commerce community and how you've had to kind of move along and shift in that regards. So even before, let's say 2020, there were maybe two types of Amazon sellers, those who understand the power of in-person events and those who kind of have no experience participating in conferences. So for them, like they are neutral, they see maybe advertising of an in-person event and they don't, maybe don't don't care about it and uh, now of course i s mostly talk to people who were attending events and who know the power of in person events which is very powerful to meet in person different people and get to know and exchange contacts and make partnerships so these people are like myself uh, like these people are eager to go to the next in-person event again and again but it's impossible at the moment so everybody all the probably organizers of different in-person events they are just waiting for the possibility to to have a kind of i hope it will be open like before but i'm not sure but uh, we will uh, try to adjust whatever will be the possibilities next year and uh but meanwhile yeah we are keep creating the same co content as we did in the last two years interviewing experts and sharing this knowledge with the amazon sellers right so when you're when you're starting this from scratch like these events you know you have to start knowing people how did you get the word out and start creating these events were you reaching out cold to people and say hey i'm augustus this is kind of my vision for these events this is where we're going to be doing this is where we're going to be doing it uh, how, how do you start like an events-based organization like Orange Click? Yeah, so I started with Virtual Summit four years ago and the first Virtual Summit was very difficult to get people on board, the speakers, the experts. I used to, I think I sent like 120 emails, messages and I got just 25, like one-fifth converted to speakers. And uh, I ended up uh, after the first event because it was a first this kind of event in the industry so there was a lot of attention from all around uh, different uh, amazon sellers and also industry influencers and then after the first event a lot of influencers they said we want to be on the next show so from the second event was no problem to get speakers and uh, now one uh, one and a half years ago i switched to in-person events it's also not a problem to get speakers, maybe more difficult to get attention from people because I want to, uh, m the events we organize are international in English. So uh, we try to, you know, attract people from other um, countries to come. Let's say the main event is European Seller Conference in Prague in March. And uh, the idea is that it's a central location to come for any kind of Amazon seller into the event. And uh, the challenge for us is to reach out with our marketing different 
nationalities and countries right. which are operating in their own language. So yeah, it's uh, but people get to know word of mouth is also working and people are happy to come to our events. So basically, I started from scratch. I did a virtual <laughs> summit. I did some course, uh, so I had some okay. kind of knowledge. But uh, live event, which we did first in Prague one and a half years ago, it was a very scary moment where when I had to sign, you know, contract with a venue for five figure, you know, five figures uh, money, I mean, which I, yeah. So it's like, I mean, it was scary, but yeah. And that, when you were talking about that and, and everyone who's joining us on social media, on Facebook, on uh, LinkedIn, thank you for joining. Let us know where you're, uh, you're listening from. So if you have any questions, feel free to comment. We will see those and answer those uh, live uh, as we go. But Augustus, when you when you mentioned like it's a scary notion, it's almost like selling on Amazon in my mind. Like you you have a concept, you have an idea, you think that you can bring people together or an idea together and get it out there uh, to the public. What what's but you, and you make that initial jump like you were talking about. What's kind of that that push you over the edge? You're like, this is not a bad idea. This is something that's needed in the community. This is something that people will come to eventually. You just got to start small and grow it from there. Before I came to this industry with all these events, even the f first virtual summit was very scary. I had a lot of doubts and I thought I will quit at a lot of stages, but uh, I managed to do so. I was driving, driven by my goal to serve people, to help people in some way. So this is how I saw I can serve as many people as possible first through the virtual summit and later I felt it will transform into life events, but uh, life events, it was much more, of course, there is much more responsibility. You know, if everything fails virtually, you can just say, okay, we're postponing in, uh, by one week, but right. uh, in person, people are booking hotels and uh, uh, transportation, and it's a very big responsibility if you fail. So, but yeah, sometimes, I don't know, you just have to close your eyes. Of course, it's very valuable to talk to the friends who achieved uh, similar or you know at different which are already at a different level in i don't know which operating with bigger money because responsibility a lot comes through these big amounts of money you have to transfer to the to your contractors and so on right. but um also when you talk to the people who already took bigger risks which are like out of your box then it helps a lot but yeah it's it's just also always remember i have to take action and i know now from my experience if i take action then i can be successful if i'm not then i will learn something and i will be successful in the second step so absolutely so your events kind of scope uh, and they they span a couple different topics right you, uh ppc is one uh what, what are the different topics again just remind for everyone who doesn't know <laughs> Yeah, so at the moment, um, the idea was that European Seller Conference is the main event in Prague and it's it can cover a lot of different topics. So it's just basically a gathering of European Amazon sellers and, of course, outside Europe uh, attendees are also welcome. And then PPC Congress is like very specific event for Amazon advertising specialists and ent enthusiasts. Uh, for softwares, for Amazon sellers who are taking care of their PPC. So this was the idea which we did. Uh, we had uh, only one event one year ago in Amsterdam and we wanted to repeat this autumn in Amsterdam again, but uh, due to obvious reasons, we couldn't. But uh, yeah, the idea is to 
kind of connect all these PPC specialists. And the third event series of events supposed to be Seller Fest and the country name. So we did Seller Fest Israel, we did Seller Fest Lithuania, and this year I wanted to do in Romania, in Poland, but uh, the idea of these events, they will be probably a little bit smaller and they will be targeting the community in that country where we're doing, but of course, we will try to attract neighbor country uh, people as well. So, so what's what's kind of the vision for you? Is it to go to? I, w- I would consider those countries a little bit smaller markets. Like obviously, you're not going to like Australia. You're not going to United States for your own events. Why why target those areas? Do you do you see just like the swell of sellers? Just this is your niche. What, what's kind of that that roadmap for you? Um. So financially. Yeah. yeah. So financially, of course, like doing international event in Europe can be challenging, especially for this small niche of Amazon sellers. It's nothing like mass how to make money or marketing conference. Uh, but my motivation is to give access to international experts for Amazon sellers. So again, it goes back to my goal to serve people. And uh, I'm European. I traveled a lot in the whole world, but for me, it's much easier to organize something uh, with my team in Europe because we kind of are familiar with this continent. And uh, to be honest, uh, I had a small idea that by the end of 2020, we will do event in maybe Malaysia and Australia just because we wanted with my family to travel to those countries in the end of the year. But now- <laughs> I was gonna say, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't happen, but I had a, an idea like I, I should do something in whatever, you know, if. I t- decide with my family to go for two months to Australia. So why not? It's easy to organize an event. <laughs> right, exactly. And, th- and that's, I think that's the power of, you know, what you do as a, uh, as a industry, I'd say, wherever you want to kind of meet up, I know people would follow. And that's kind of a testament to both the community, but also people just globally as an Amazon sellers, not everyone is just in one country or a majority is in one country. Uh, I think that's the misconception of selling online. Um, but that, but that's really cool that you, you have that vision to say, Hey, why not do something in Malaysia or, you know, do it in Romania or wherever, uh, that, that country is or wherever you want to, uh, bring that event, uh, to it. So you, you were obviously having, you building up steam, you're doing well in these in-person events. I think everyone I've talked to is that they, they mentioned the Prague event almost every single year, which is a testament to you and your team. So when, when. COVID-19 hits and it is still going on, obviously, what, what's kind of that, how do you adjust? Like what, what's, you know, I, I know we took part in a virtual event with you and your team. What has it been successful for you? Do you think that there's room for improvement? Is there a way to get through the space? What, what are the, through all the noise that everyone's online now, what's kind of that, I threw a lot at you. So maybe, maybe if you can unpack that and what yeah. your vision is for that. So, uh, our event, last event in Prague was uh, on the edge or exactly when the all the world was locking down in the middle of March. And actually our two-day event had to be adjusted on the second day because we had over 100 people and the second day the regulation said we can have only 30 people in the room. So we had to improvise a, lot, a little bit. And uh, at the end, we uh, for me, it was kind of good. I had so many ambi- ambitions and to be honest, in my private life with my family, I was thinking, oh my God, how I can do an, an YouTube channel and so many events I want, I will travel so much. And uh, now 
I had half a year, you know, I spent much more time with my family and I had to take care only about the YouTube channel and the newsletter and maybe, you know, cooperation with some companies like yours and so on. Uh, and this was one of the reasons why we did two months ago a virtual summit, just because I thought it would be nice to bring another event this year. But to be honest, in-person event is much more enjoyable for myself. So I'm looking forward to do this. But if the uh, world is not going back to possible events, then maybe next year we'll do another virtual summit. Mm, but um, yeah, I think people also getting this fatigue and they're tired of this virtual information. And I think more and more virtual summits. Actually, there were a lot of virtual summits in the last few months. And um, but I was surprised that we still got results similar to what we had like two years ago when uh, we did virtual summit. So apparently people either they trusted us as organizers or they are really still searching for information online. They are not tired and maybe there are new Amazon, maybe also new Amazon sellers which are interested in this topic just because they cannot do anything else. They lost jobs and maybe they are looking for this information. I'm not sure. but. Right. And I, I think you hit something on the head. I think that a lot of people are just trying to find more ways to diversify themselves. Um, I think the biggest push I've seen from our industry is people are trying to grow outside of just their own current marketplace. And, and that international growth is, is obviously something that you can tap into, whether it's from other countries into different marketplaces like the United States or Australia or vice versa. If the sellers in the United States, then they're going outward to like Europe or they're going to Australia, or they're going to different kinds of countries um, for those opportunities. And I think that's where a lot of people are looking for that edge, if you will. Um, what's, what's, do you, have you thought about, do you partner officially with Amazon or is that just like, hey, I know people, it's not with in conjunction with Amazon? Because I've seen events that do have official partnerships with Amazon. Is that something so you do? So in my very first virtual summit and very first in-person event, I very much wanted uh, to have Amazon representatives. But uh, through the years, I learned that first Amazon is very difficult to get any uh, to bring any speaker because they need to go through a lot of approvals. Right. Uh, and uh, second, I, I saw a lot of feedback from the people who visited Amazon events. And they say when Amazon repre representatives is pre are presenting something, there is no value. So they are very like maybe on the surface, not very deep information. They are not revealing anything interesting. Why do you and think that is? Why? Yeah, why do you think that is? Uh, well, um, Amazon maybe doesn't want to reveal uh, like really <laughs> good information, you know, which can... I was thinking that, but I didn't, I didn't know if you, we were on the same page. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's I was... what I would think. <laughs> but, but also, you know, like... Uh, first the speech should be approved so maybe all these layers of approval they remove a lot of information as well to be sure that they are safe because if they are representative of amazon says one sentence it can go through the whole world by and ruin the reputation so probably they rather don't participate or organize themselves something mm -hmm. I, I saw them working with very huge software companies which are really huge and uh, uh and um yeah, but now I'm really not worried. Uh, I don't need Amazon representatives in our events. Maybe if they would come to the live event and they would be open to do a Q&A, 
but this is as far as I understood also not possible. They usually need all the questions in advance so that they script the answers, which are approved in the legal department. So uh, I mean, when, you're, when you're one of the largest companies in the world, I think everyone, everything has to be through scrutiny. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for people who are trying to like obviously sell in the marketplace. Um, do you do you find that the European marketplace is mainly just focused on Amazon, or do you think it's a diversification of different marketplaces that they're selling goods on? Oh, uh, Amazon in Europe, well, is mainly in uh, five countries now. Of course, we have Netherlands and Sweden, but they're very small. But uh, uh, Amazon is big probably in UK and Germany, but uh, in other countries like in France, they have a like, big competitor or like other countries like Poland, huge country, and they have their own platform where they buy and sell things. Um, and sometimes the countries from na neighbor countries from Amazon market, so let's say Spanish, in Spain, they have uh, Amazon, which works quite well, but Portuguese still buy on Amazon, but I don't think it's a main source of like where they shop because to send, you know, from Spain to Portugal, they cannot use the prime benefits, so they have to right. pay for each shipping. So they still shop uh, locally in their own marketplaces. So Amazon is not that big in where they officially don't operate. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that's what's kind of that vision moving forward. Is it getting into, is Amazon getting into, do you think, more marketplaces? Do you feel that... Um, maybe it's just more like obviously more countries or do you think that they just build out their robust marketplace even further where they're currently at? I think they're very careful in uh, they are not investing very like mad into different countries for example that they bought Amazon uh, Swedish domain for Amazon there, there were rumors already two years ago I was even wanting to write a blog post on our website because I heard two years ago that, oh, Sweden is getting Amazon soon. But it it happened after two years. I think Amazon launched in Sweden just two weeks ago. And uh, I think it, it takes a lot of investment for Amazon, but also, you know, countries like, let's say, my country, Lithuania, it's a very small, less than 3 million people. And uh, the in my country, the mindset is still kind of Sovietic. They are searching maybe for cheap things. So Amazon maybe would not be the cheapest place to buy things. And uh, they need, and for Amazon, I think they need volume and they target the countries where people have kind of money like Sweden, Netherlands. So that's where they're going there. I mean, that's good insight just because like you said, it, uh, with, with a country that's so small, it's, it's almost like a market share, right? Like you're trying to get market share and volume as much as possible and that's how they sustain their business with like the United States or Australia or you know different countries with a lot more population there are a lot more opportunity for just higher volume uh you know money being pumped into it whether consuming goods like I know where I'm at you can get goods in two hours which is I'm assuming in Lithuania you can just walk down to uh you know downtown or where, wherever that that city or that town is and you can come back in, in the same amount of time with a similar good. So, um, but that that's interesting inside. Do you have any kind of like other trends that you you're seeing over there that not a lot of people are paying attention to, or what, what's kind of your your thoughts how e-commerce is is kind of taking over now that we're a in a pandemic, but also b in the future, what that's going to look like in the next few years. 
I think if uh, like e-commerce sellers want to do business in Europe, they should really look into uh, Germany and, and maybe other big Western European countries. Like G Germany even now is the biggest among uh, European uh, Amazon marketplaces. And mm -hmm. Germany has, my wife is German, so I, I have been in Germany so many times and really G Germans have power to shop online and a lot of people uh, do buy things online. So. And not only on Amazon, there are a lot of good shops where they deliver within one day or two days maximum. So uh, it seems like e-commerce players in Germany, they are very taking care of good reputation for their shop as well. So it's a big market. And uh, I think e-commerce specialists should look there as well. Any other, it's very, yeah, I'd, it's very difficult to be a kind of knowledgeable about different marketplaces in Europe because each right. country has its own specifics. <laughs> and for, for example, like I think in, in some of the countries like Bulgaria or Romania, I remember one friend who is e-commerce expert in that country. He said that uh, uh, like people don't pay, uh, they have a specific payment method. So you would not be able maybe to charge with a card easily. Like, people are not used oh, or let's say my own country like my home country lithuania if you shop online on lithuanian shops uh, people don't use cards they use bank link so basically when you okay. shop you log into your bank with some integrated system and uh, people don't use cards online to shop if the, so uh, yeah you have to ad adapt a lot so you have to do a lot of research on how to set up your you know e-commerce business properly and uh, I mean, that's it's interesting. not yeah, that's interesting here. I mean, just like, obviously, we, we use just our credit cards for everything over here in the yeah. United States. Or even if you don't, I know that <clears throat> Amazon recently are trying to find ways to, there's just a big segment of people that don't have credit cards. So they found ways that you can find, I don't know how, but you can purchase a good online, go to like a money, uh, like a, like a, a money sending company like a well not wells fargo but something where you can wire funds but you have most people have cash so people who have cash only and they don't have a credit card or a virtual bank account uh like a ping pong or like just on a, a regular banking uh website they can't buy those goods so amazon found a way to for people who just have cash to buy goods on their digital platform which is which is like you were talking about there it, each marketplace has their own way of currency and conversions and accepting uh, the, those currencies, which is not something you think about on a day-to-day -day basis when you look at, hey, I'm gonna, just across the border, like Germany to Lithuania or any other country over there. That's interesting. But also we shouldn't forget that each country has its own tax regulations, for example, right. and it's not everywhere euro you know like for example right. if you sell in Romania, I know they have their own currency and if they want to sell to international people uh, they have to write invoice, like if they want to sell in dollars or euros to someone, uh, let's say a digital product, they have to write an invoice w where you can see breakdown of in two currencies, local one and the euro equivalent if you wow. sell in euros. So it's getting complicated will, with all these compliance, you know, so. Right. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say you're talking compliance. You're talking to the right company who has to deal with all this. I don't. I don't uh, envy my my team's job who's in compliance because of all the rules and regulations of currency conversions. But it has to be done because each country has its own set of rules and regulations. Um, but but that but that's interesting to think about that. Um, do you think that's a a barrier for people when they pay you um, for events? Is that is that something that? 
Does it matter um, in local currencies? In my type of events, it doesn't matter because I'm targeting Amazon sellers. And Amazon sellers, anyway, they learn a lot from US and North American teachers, let's say, or they follow a lot of North American content. And if they buy, let's say, a course or software product, they uh, pay in dollars. So um, in for my events, I charge in euros, but um, still like euro or dollar for European people, it's kind of... It doesn't matter where they live. They have a sense what is the value of, of it. And um, I, I had a, I remember in one of the virtual summits, I was selling my tickets for international virtual summit in euros. And then some uh, North Americans started to write me an email. They say, we don't understand what is the price here. Like, like they understand euro, but they don't know what is the value. So they are afraid to <laughs> hit, you know, to open the wallet. So I had to quickly implement somehow explanation what is the equivalent in dollars and so which, which for your, changes yeah. a little bit often right like that yeah, yeah. rate is is a little different every so often it's it's like yeah. selling and buying stocks it's the value yeah. is constantly in flux fl not too much I'll, I'll, I'll admit that it's not too much in flux but yeah, that's interesting do you think that um what uh, what about brexit is that something that do you think has affected in a positive or a negative way for european sellers is that um, is that something where just rules and regulations and not part of the EU anymore? Yeah, to be honest, I still don't and don't know what's the effect for Amazon sellers. I think Amazon even doesn't know exactly how to do and they are playing safe and they say, I don't know exactly, but I heard like one month ago from a Amazon seller that Amazon just wants to do this way, which is like the worst case scenario just because it's not clear yet how Amazon will have to deal themselves. So they just go play safe and they say like, okay, now you cannot maybe uh, store goods in UK if you want to sell in Europe. But I don't remember exactly what was the detail, but uh, at the moment, I think it's, I still don't hear any like smart Amazon sellers. They're preparing. They know that during Brexit, uh, when it happens next year, they have to keep stock in UK for UK market and in, let's say, Germany for European market. And they are just doing it without a kind of making it a big issue. So you have to do it and that's it. But how it will affect any kind of maybe revenue, probably we'll see a few months uh, later in 2021. And uh, maybe there will pop up some new issues and new kind of non-compliance <laughs> issues oh where God. people will wake up yeah it's like it's nobody i think yet can say anything <laughs> that, that's true no one really knows what britain's doing or uh i i know we're talking to some compliance companies over there and they're like we're, we're preparing for literally any kind of situation uh good or bad so that that's funny that you say that it's still no one knows because it still hasn't technically happened mm -hmm. It'll transition next year. Um, I know we're kind of like running up on half an hour. I, I just had some personal, like maybe some like one-off questions for you. Um, what's kind of the thing that inspires you? You got into this event space, obviously you saw an opportunity. What kind of inspires you on a day-to-day -day basis to keep going and expanding and uh, developing your business on a personal and professional level? Uh, I like to um, think of uh, people I know in my network who achieved a lot and I sometimes, uh, you know, th they're inspiring me kind of to see where you can go with your knowledge and with your ambitions. So, and very often when I feel a bit 
lazy for a few days, um, I tell to myself that I cannot be lazy because then I will not move forward. And uh, I think I'm inspired by seeing that I need to take action on anything. Uh, yeah, I don't have like specific podcasts that I listen or books I read. No, it's more like talking to other successful entrepreneurs. And this is what I also strive to do whenever I live somewhere. I love to connect with local entrepreneurs. I just yesterday I was in some meetup of like 20 entrepreneurs. It was a branch organized by some lady. And, you know, I could talk to several people doing uh, online apps or having some big vision, what they want to develop for kids, uh, some online school. And it's nice to talk and be inspired with this. And then you exchange contacts. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I think this, believe it or not, a lot of, I, I tell this and it's really funny. I've never met in person the anyone from my company yet. It's uh, me <laughs> located in the middle of the uh, United States and everyone else is still spread out. So uh, I, I think it's very interesting that the mo most people that I have on as guests on the show, Crossover Commerce, is I've met them digitally, reached out just via LinkedIn, like yourself, we were emailing back and forth. Uh, people who we just never met in person. I think that's the missing element, which is when I text these people now, they're like, I just miss being able to talk you know, about not work and getting to know them on a personal level, uh, because I think that that's one thing that a lot of people didn't think they would miss is that human interaction with the space. I know there were so many people, former bosses of mine, that were like, I'm just burnt out. I can't do another event. I don't want to go to another three-day series where I'm just like sitting and learning and talking to people. But I think that this is almost like a, a good thing. Like, not, I mean, it's not a good thing, but I mean, people can look at what matters the most in terms of human interaction and they can start growing those relationships even more and stronger. Uh, so I think that's a, a takeaway that I'm personally uh, looking at. Like you said, you're spending more time with your family. Um, during lockdown, people can look at what means most to them. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of where, where I've thought about that in, in terms of events. Do you think that there's uh, maybe like something that you hope will change in the future because of this? Uh, in the event space or, you know, in networking or marketing? It's like uh, funny, you know, when uh, the lockdowns, all the world locked down uh, in March, people were hoping that something will be back in like in three months. But now six months later, there is like, it continues the same right. story. And uh, now, you know, like if I would uh, try to worry or hope for something, I'm just using my energy. So. I really don't care. I'm just waiting whenever it's there is a clarity and then I will act upon that. And I will, if there are re restrictions, certain restrictions for events, I will see, I will calculate if it's we can make some profit by doing it, we will do. If not, I, I don't uh, kind of, I would just do a virtual summit, which is less, I'm less passionate about, but I can do it. And, but it still brings value to a lot of people. But yeah, I'm, I'm, we are like now really focusing on YouTube channel, bringing uh, knowledge to the Amazon sellers through through this uh, kind of channel and source. But I'm not trying not to spend energy on thinking how it could be. And <laughs> that, yeah. that's just a dark hole we don't want to go down. Like I, I've spent many nights laying awake, like what about this? What about this? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
you're talking about because on your channel for people who haven't seen your channel on orange click uh, you, you've interviewed just so many different kinds of industries, uh, services, people, uh, experts. Is there somebody that's on your list that you think is out there that you haven't interviewed yet um, that you wish you, you could? Um, yeah, apparently, yeah, of course, there are a lot of, especially in North America, there are a lot of people like uh, big sellers and really good teachers and experts but uh, we are in some way we are basically taking uh, requests which we get via email sometimes people uh, experts they are showing interest in being on our channel so we are kind of booked with this in some way so we don't need to search and um sometimes yeah if we want to maybe boost a little bit our channel we are trying to seek uh, more known names but at the moment it's not that uh, we are chasing some kind of influencer it's uh, for more for us also um not only for us it's not only to bring the knowledge of experts to amazon sellers but also for those experts and software providers and service providers to give opportunity uh, to be uh, kind of you know to be exposed to our community so at least to few thousand uh, people so when we get approached by a less known company of course, we still talk with them about the conditions of recording a video because it takes our time and uh, I, we have to pay, like I have to pay for a video editor and my assistant to produce right. the video. So it should be- You got be... good content, it looks good. They're doing yeah. a good job. <laughs> yeah, we're not selling really in the videos anything besides maybe we get sometimes referral commission from services. So we have to adjust and we also have to make sure that uh, the people on our show bring some value it's not about promoting their services it's more about bringing the value so um yeah at the moment we really are happy to serve not only sellers but also service providers so they can get exposed to our audience and i know a lot of stories from people speakers and experts which kind of boosted their uh, their business by being exposed to our audience in virtual and live events so it's powerful absolutely. also for services so no absolutely and uh if you if you don't follow them on youtube it's orange click uh subscribe and like and hit that hit that little bell so you can yeah, notify whenever you. yeah absolutely uh i think it's a great i think it's a great channel in terms of its its perspective and that and that's what this show is about is gaining perspective from different people it's not about pushing a certain uh service or topic uh, obviously, I work for a company, but um, my our job here is to bring people into this community uh, so that they can get that perspective in terms of like, you know, maybe I was looking at the European market. Maybe I can get firsthand accounts from someone who lives there. He's doing events um, and, and just kind of get that 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 special, you know, connection or that that perspective. So um, but I guess this. Yeah, I, I appreciate your time today. How, how can people um, get in touch with you or if they want to? maybe be featured on the, your website or just kind of ask more questions about maybe what we covered today? So Amazon sellers are welcome to go to the YouTube channel of Orange Click. Uh, this is how kind of the main channel where we communicate. You can also go to orangeclick.com uh, website and sign up for the newsletter. We are sending one or two times per week uh, and we are sharing most of the time the videos we publish and sometimes some other side news. And for service providers and software creators, uh, I suggest to go to our website, orangeclick.com, and somewhere in the about 
menu. There is a page specifically for them. Uh, and there we explain kind of the rules. And there are for speakers who want to speak in our events, there is a application form which you can fill out. So it, it makes our process much easier to vet people and to kind of see if they are a good fit for our audience and our events. That's awesome. And like you said, it, it's all on their website. Um, I put that in the scroll bar here at the bottom. It's fantastic. There's so many different events and virtual ones. I know you're you're planning 2021 or as as well. You should 2021. Yeah. Let, let's forget about that year. It's it, it's been a <laughs> it's been an interesting one for sure. Uh, I know lots of people have been going up and down. Even this last week feels like for in the United States feels like an entire year um, just yeah. waiting and lots of things going on. Thank you so much, Augustus. I appreciate your valuable time here. Uh, you're more than welcome to come on on any kind of topic. Um, but we appreciate you talking to our audience. Again, this is Crossover Commerce uh, with uh, Prison by Ping Pong Payments. I'm Ryan Kramer. I'm the Affiliate Marketing Manager for Ping Pong and Augustus Cleguise with Orange Click. Thank you so much, sir. Uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Ryan. Good luck in your business. Bye-bye. All right, bye.